Hey everyone, welcome to the Others Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Penny. Joining me this week from other parts of the USA, seems to be doing a, a USA tour at the moment. Right. Uh, we are in Detroit this week, and joining me is Anthony. How you doing, man? What's going on, boss? So people may they may know you by your name and your voice. They may not, but I think most people that listen to this will actually know you by your Instagram handle, which is Star Trek World. Yes, you are one of the OGs as well. Appreciate that. Not to be confused with Star Trek nerd, who also is an OG and an amazing, uh, an amazing place to find content. So make sure you check him out too. I like to spread the love. We got the shout outs thirty seconds in. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, so thanks for joining me this week, mate. Um, we are going to talk about maybe. So I think this is our first song from Fly or Die. Um, if memory serves me correctly, um, everything's been a bit of a blur the last kind of few weeks and couple of months with the the holiday season here. But I think this is our first one from Fly or Die. So before we get into the song, as this is our first Fly or Die track, um, your thoughts on the the album itself? I know that I think we've talked about the albums and stuff away um, from the podcast privately, but yeah. let's get your your general opinion. Fly or Die is my favorite NERD album. I'll just go on record already as saying that. Um, I think partly because um, that's actually when I that was kind of like my introduction to NERD I had heard um some of the tracks off of In Search Of before Fly or Die released but um that was the first album of theirs that I actually went and bought uh, a couple copies of and uh that it was Love at First Sight I think in my again for me that's my that's my favorite album it's definitely a strong album yeah. um I think I've probably undersold my uh love for it in the past i think but just going back through it again recently and uh listening to a lot of the stuff over again there's some really really great standout tracks on there oh yeah um, and, and maybe is actually one of my my personal favorites mm-hmm. a very underrated track i feel and music video <laughs> yeah yeah the video is a great video as well so uh maybe itself was released in march 2004 it came out slightly earlier in Europe than it did in the US. So it came out in the UK and peaked at number 25 in the charts and number 31 in Ireland. Uh, it then came out in the, U- came out in the US um, slightly later. I don't know the exact date. I don't know if it was weeks or months later. And I don't actually know where it charted. Um, I think it's similar to the UK, if anything. Um, but like I say, you know, it hit number 25. So I think sort of slightly underrated, in my opinion. It, oh, yeah. I, I don't hear it getting played an awful lot these days. I don't see the video Mm-mm. that often or people talking about it, but um, it's definitely a, a track I go back to regularly. Yeah. So we've got, uh, as you mentioned, the video, we've got the video directed by Paul Hunter, who has uh, done many an NERD and Pharrell video over the years. Um, and let's, well, we can start by talking about the video itself. Um, I like the kind of the whole design and the aesthetics of the video. It's very, um, you've got a lot of the, the kind of pastel colors in there, the lime greens, the oranges and stuff. And then you've got this kind of 70s, maybe late 60s, early 70s vibe going on with the the design and the furnishings and all mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Um, 
it's like it's a it's a cool throwback and i think that fits the kind of the sound of the song as well the sound encompasses a lot of those um kind of 60s rock and roll and and sort of early 70s rock and roll kind of themes as well right and it has like you know if you notice it has like the chick from uh the front video in that video and you know again with the with the product placement man i mean there's a lot of product placement in the maybe video um the that freaking skateboard dude that ice cream skateboard is just so gnarly i love that yes that's i think that's like the the very first scene isn't it yeah Um, and it appears a couple more times but yeah it's got the the cone man on the the underside of the skate deck there which which i would i would kill for these days so Um, sick and we see a lot of early kind of uh bbc stuff as well so we've got a couple of different variants of the the bbc og logo t-shirt there's a a lime green and white and then i think it's a white and gold version we see and then i believe this is the first video where we see some ice creams as well yeah so now um just off the top of my head oh yeah because yep he's and they're not blurred out like the uh yeah like the drop it like drop it like it's hot yeah yeah yeah, yeah his so as fit this is, was amazing in this. The, everybody's fit in this was just to the nines, bro. I mean, I love how they're in like the skating rink, and I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for silhouettes. So like how there's that red silhouette with the band and the green silhouette, like the green, yep, kind of borrows from. Well, it happened. I don't know what song came out first. I'm pretty sure this one did, but I'm a, also a big fan of the. Uh, uh, speed of sound music video by Coldplay and they dabble mm-hmm. with silhouettes and colors and stuff like that and that, that aesthetic just always really I always like that aesthetic I think it's pretty cool it's a good look yeah and there are some really good shots in the video itself aside from the kind of storytelling side of the video shots of the band playing which look good they've got that kind of um small kind of half pipe kind of thing where they're Mm -hmm. playing the instruments in with all the again the kind of psychedelic 60s 70s kind of colors and stuff going on yeah um and again the the fits of them there i can't remember what chad's wearing but um he's kind of uh it's like a like a button-up with a it's like over uh let's see it's like a button-up with a he's oh he's got a t-shirt on and a button up underneath the t-shirt with like the collar popped out very chat yeah, that's it very yes chat. very <laughs> i think shay is like top to toe in in bape and then you've got pharrell in his kind of um military jacket that was kind of that that sort of phase around that time and the baggy jeans and then mm-hmm. i think when he's at the piano i think it's a cream pair of diamond and dollars he's wearing there's one very quick side on shot of him there where you can uh I think just see them at the bottom. They're kind of a white cream color. Um, the quality of the video wasn't great, but I'm assuming that's the the diamond and dollars. Seeing as he's wearing the black ones later on in the video, David would know. Oh, of course he would know. Yeah, <laughs> and, I'll have to oh, send him a message forget, later. The legendary Questlove is in that video too, by the way. Of course, yeah. So <laughs> Questlove, um, he's in the video. He's also credited, I believe, um, for actually playing the drums on the track yep. itself. Yeah. Um, as opposed to Pharrell playing them or them being programmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also Lenny Kravitz is yeah. credited as playing the guitar on this as well. Although he doesn't make an appearance in this video, we see him in the fronting video. And then um, he's worked a couple of times with, with Pharrell over the years. My personal grail is in this video too. 
the which the, is the article of clothing that I will never attain, which is the Pharrell um, Princess Anne High School Letterman. That is yes, hands down my grail, and I it's it's impossible to attain. I'm pretty sure I'm, you can't get it. Uh, I remember kind of around the time of this video and stuff, people on the the various forums and stuff that we would frequent back then in the early 2000s, desperately being after mm. this uh, th- this jacket that he's wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, a, it's not a BBC piece, it's not a BAPE piece or anything like that. Right. But people just desperate to get hold of that jacket just because he is wearing it in this video. Yeah. You just can't. <laughs> and I remember a lot of people wearing... After that, a lot of kind of similar, I was going to say knockoffs, not knockoffs, but yeah. you know, any kind of red letterman jacket. I bought one. Kind of I have one in my closet right now. I can't <laughs> so you fit were one of Yes, them. I have a, um, it's by the brand 10 Deep, and it's a really sick letterman, but best believe when I saw it in the stores, I was just like, oh, that's kind of similar. Let me buy that. And I bought it. And it's, I mean, I actually enjoy it, but I definitely got my, uh, Got my Pharrell on, as you could, as you'd say, when I wore that. It was close enough. So it close enough. Yeah. Yeah. But something I also noticed in this video, when we, as we're talking about the fashion side of things, is I think, I think Pharrell was wearing a bape pair of jeans. I think somebody will probably correct me and tell me they're not. But just the kind of, we're not that far from 2004. I know it's 14 odd years, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not much. And just how that has changed you, know, you look at those jeans then and they're big and baggy mm-hmm. and they kind of fall over the top of the shoes and they look to me now they look odd especially in the the kind of scene where he's walking towards the camera yeah and he's got those jeans and then the white t-shirt and then that red jacket over the top and the jeans just look completely out of place just way too big right. like, almost like comedy jeans yeah yeah times have definitely changed it's funny how fashion works you know like that now it's like it can't be tight enough you know <laughs> i'm not into that I'm, I, I can't and and my wife you know she's like she's like i like my men in normal it's like normal size jeans you can't yeah. be doing the tight jean thing <laughs> and I'm not built for that either, man. I'm not a, I'm not really a skinny dude, so that I feel doesn't that. really work for me. <laughs> yeah, we need a bit more room, us bigger guys. Oh, and then Chad's good. Chad's guitar is sick in this video too. Like it's a clear guitar. I've never seen. I had never seen that before this music video. Yes, he's uh, he's playing that, and then Shay is also playing a guitar, isn't he, of some kind, if I remember rightly? Does he play? I don't think he actually plays in real life. Okay. Not, well, he, he may well do, but not that I know of. I've never seen him credited as playing the guitar anywhere or seeing him on stage playing it or anything. But in yeah. different videos, we see him playing different instruments. Yeah, so I think me. it's just one of those things where, dude, you've got to be playing something. Everyone's right. playing something. Just pick what you want to play and, you know, just I mean, make if you it really look want to know like if, you are. Sorry. If you really want to know if he can play, just ask Brent. Brent will tell you if he can play or not. I should I should message him and ask him. <laughs> yeah, it's really, I, hey, should, I should have actually asked Shay the other week. Could Shay really play the instrument? <laughs> either way, it it's dope aesthetic. Out. It looks good for the video either way. So it's yeah, it's cool. And you got Quest on the drums there with his um, looking good with his like Mohican there and very mm-hmm. uh, very well styled. I think 
that's the man, man. He'll always be the man. Yeah, and also, um, what I noticed on the on the piano that Pharrell is playing, you've got the the dog there, which they used in the branding oh, um, yeah. around that time for the Dookie. album and stuff. But it's a, a white piano, and then the dog is outlined in green. I think this time. That's a first. Yeah, uh, I think we see it everywhere else is red, um, and I don't think in any of the promotional stuff or in any other video we see it in any other color other than the red. Um, mm-hmm. So just in this video, it's slightly different, but I think it probably would have looked a bit strange if it was in red in that video. What with the other colors that are going on? Yeah, yeah, no, they, it, it def, whoever, like you said, uh, the director of the video, he knew what he was doing. Mm. We see green out. quite a lot in um in this video, kind of that, that pastel kind of green mm-hmm. with the the t shirt and then some of the design stuff and some of the artwork and things like that. Yeah. One piece of art that uh, did kind of stand out in the video, and like I, I don't know the backstory, but I'm sure it has a reason. Is in the bedroom, there's a picture of like a tiger yeah. on the wall, and there's also like a, a tiger statue as well. They've got in one scene. I don't know where that image originally comes from, but when I look at it, I just kind of associate it with like Ed Hardy designs of that kind yeah. of time, those early two thousands, yeah. uh, by kind of Christian Audigar. And I now, fell victim to that for, for some time. Oh, no. <laughs> Luckily, I never did. Not that or Von Dutch or any of that stuff. Yeah. Well, but, um, I had a knockoff Von comeback. Dutch hat. And I had a... <laughs> I bought... I actually bought an Ed Hardy trucker. And that was... I had a trucker in a uh, t-shirt. Those were the only articles of Ed Hardy I had. But I rocked those faithfully. That's too, too many. <laughs> right. But yeah, that um, that kind of Tiger logo, I think that was kind of being used back then and now we're seeing it reused on all the kind of popular Gucci stuff at the moment uh, very similar tiger motif so I, I'm sure there is some backstory to it if someone knows where that image kind of comes from and that piece of artwork or whatever it is then do get in touch and enlighten me but um, I never thought about yeah, that yeah it's just something that kind of stands out on the wall in the kind of middle of a frame and uh, during the video a couple of times Ugh. and I think that chick you know, the chick that's getting undressed while he's getting undressed and getting ready while Pharrell's getting ready. I think she's wearing like an Abercrombie and like Abercrombie and Fitch clothes, which is interesting that there's other product, pla- like other product placement in the video. That's not somehow Pharrell related, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing I'm speculating, but I'm going to assume that varsity A and F stands for Abercrombie and Fitch. I mean, I'm just, I'm super speculating, but I don't really know Quite what possibly. else it could be. Good spot. Especially around that time. That time, I mean, Abercrombie and Fitch, Hollister, all those type of clothing brands were really popping. Like everybody was yeah. wearing it. So That's a spot that not even I made. That's why we got you on here. <laughs> hey man, I, I enjoy it, man. I enjoy this kind of stuff, this type of nerd, no pun intended, but this type of nerdy conversation. I can talk about this stuff for hours, bro. Yeah. And it is kind of one other thing, thing I've got here in my notes about the video. And I've mentioned this on a previous podcast and it happens in a couple of videos. Um, is it like, I think it's about two thirty seven, two thirty eight through the video. It goes to like a, an instrumental break. And instead of cutting to, a piece of video of some kind it cuts to Pharrell stood in that skating rink just by himself and he has this weird 
kind of shuffle or <laughs> jump that he kind of does because there's no you know it's a there's a lot of drums going on there's no kind of real beat to dance to and right. um it just stands out as a very awkward kind of scene in there i'm not quite sure why they left it in where what part of the video was that that table it's looks about- amazing is it new Oh, I want to look it up. That was, that was, uh, that, I started looking up the video. My bad. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in the edit. Yeah. God knows, God knows what else you're watching. But, uh, but yeah, at the, uh, it's at about 2.36, 2.37, I think, in the video. I'm going to check that out. And he goes to like a little instrumental break and he's just stood there by himself in the, uh, the little kind of uh, roller rink place mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, just with him oh, in the shop. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's just kind of awkwardly bobbing about and dancing. And it's, it's one of those shots where I just, I, I wonder why it was left in there. I don't know, man. It's weird, though, because if you think about it, like, Pharrell's always been, like, I don't think anyone really coined P as being, like, an amazing dancer slash, like, uh, performer via, yeah. like, movement. He's just... Like even with the you know the shoulder shrug and the you know the, yeah. the the stuff that Tyler the Creator like emulates even to this day in his like videos and stuff, um, it, it's just that's P man like that's just style it's just awkward but cool like it just works yeah it's hard to explain it's hard to explain yeah I, I don't know if it works necessarily in this video but uh, <laughs> maybe not but, in this video but, yeah, but overall yeah. yeah overall in general yeah. in general yeah. yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, so I have... I, go ahead. Sorry, man. No, go on. No, I was just saying, I, I, this song is... Just, it definitely is a standout on the record in itself. I mean, it was the... Without looking at the playlist in front of me... Let's see, or the track list. It was the standout song. Oh, no, She Wants to Move was the like the leading, yeah. leading joint. But this was like a close second, probably. Yeah, and it's... Like I said, it's a... An underrated song, I think. It's very... I think if you listen to it and you listen to it loudly, it's a very almost anthemic mm-hmm. kind of song. It's got that kind of big chorus and uh, and then it kind of comes down into the, the verses and it's it's quite kind of slow and then builds up and comes down and builds up and comes down. And um, and yeah, like I say, I, I still listen to this, to this one regularly. It's one of my favourites. Yeah, it ages. That's another thing about this album. It aged extremely well. Which I find quite surprising because there's a few things on there like uh, I think it might be Jump Jump, with the Madden Brothers. Um, That was kind of very of its time, like the Madden Brothers and that kind of punk pop rock music. Yeah. um, Which which in general I don't think has aged very well over the years. Um, Mm -hmm. You look back at a lot of that stuff now and it's just like, oh Christ, what are people listening to? (laughs) I think you guys But there's a lot of that on the album and even that song itself still sounds okay nowadays yeah yeah it'd be a good live song yes yeah it'd be a good live live joint but every other song on that album i mean it's it 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 holds up like to this day i can turn on breakout breakouts kind of like jump in a way it kind of has that you know kind of jump you know kind of jumpy uh time signature forgive me david i'm sure you'll be listening but i'm not hip to all the the uh musical lingo i'm sure it's not the same time signature but like it just has that off kilter bpm i don't know it's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's different 
Yeah, I'm just having a quick look at the track listing now, and you've got like Don't Worry About It, which it starts, the album starts off, which, which is really strong. She Wants to Move, Break Out, and then the brilliant, wonderful place in Waiting oh for God. You, the kind of two songs in one there. So We've got Thrasher, maybe, The Way She Dances, and at the end, Chariot of Fire and Find My Way, two Fire. other songs kind of put into one, which were, which were really, really good. And that's another reason why I really, really like Fly or Die is because I feel like they were really shoving the secret song down our throat. And I loved mm-hmm. the secret songs. Like, that was... They were always like, like wonderful place is great, but waiting for you is just, it's just on another level. Waiting for you is one of those songs where I can listen to it endlessly over and over and over again. It's it's really, really nice. It's a really beautiful track. But if I actually sit there and listen to it, it's, it's an emotional kind of thing. If you actually think about the content of the song itself, absolutely, uh, it's, it's actually quite, it's quite dark and quite, quite sort of sad. Um, but it is a, a beautiful kind of song and it, it fits in there so well just at the end of uh, that other track. Yeah, it's it's that's definitely one of my favorites. Um, favorite NERD songs, period. Um, and actually, hold on, because <laughs> I have to look at the... Because the thing, the thing that Pharrell always seems to do is... Like, you'll have lyrics, like really touching lyrics, like on the hidden song. Um, but let me see. But okay. So like you're listening to this lyric and it's really emotional. It's really like touching, but then he'll throw a line in there. Like, like the Michelin man, Michelin man. Yes. And then, and then it throws your <laughs> yeah. whole, like you're no longer emotional. Yeah. You're like, did he just say, Mich- <laughs> did he yeah. just say you have Michelin? Yeah. That, that, you try to have that mental image. Of yeah. Like, this kind of story happening, this tragedy unfolding, and then the Michelin man. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, and it really, like, I love that part of the song, but, like, I literally, every time I hear it, I see the Michelin man, like, swimming. You you, you can't not, yeah. (laughs) It's great. Oh, man, but, yeah, solid track, man, for sure. Solid. Yeah. So, have we got anything else about maybe? Because I'm pretty much through my notes here. No, other than yeah, I think you covered it all. I think I think you hit kind of a key word about that song is it is like anthemic. It's just that song that when that chorus that chorus is the most important part, even more so. And I hate to say this as a as a um, well, no, I don't hate to say this. I like what I like, but as a stand, we all are a sucker for the bridges. But oh, yes. in that song in particular, that maybe vocal is just when he says maybe, he, it's just mm-hmm. it stands out so much in that song. It's just it's such an important yep. part of the track. But yeah, no, solid track, man. And uh, what else was going to say? Oh, yeah, it's just also if I don't mention it, somebody will point it out and say, well, you never mentioned it. Um, there was also the maybe kind of remix the dear hip-hop remix um where maybe was used in the intro and the outro but kind of not in the middle um and Pharrell just kind of rhymes over that for for a couple of minutes and then also this track now this is i'd be interested to try and find out which way this came about the beat is also used on a lupe fiasco song yes um 
called and he gets the girl which love it never made a lupe album but was like the b-side to um what's the neptune's track that he had uh i, I gotcha got yeah yeah i think it was the b-side to that and then it came out on the album on like an anniversary version or something um i don't know kind of which way this kind of came about whether they did the track for him originally then decided they wanted it back or he heard it, rhymed over it, never made the album, so then they decided to use it maybe. I think um, he just did that. I mean, I think I think he's I mean, he's a fan of, of Pharrell and, and all that and mm-hmm. NERD, so I think he just decided to rap over it. Yeah, because I think if you listen to the actual track, it has the it doesn't just have the the beat, it actually has some of like the, the ad libs and stuff yeah. in there. Hold as it part now. Of the instrumental. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Little bits and pieces dotted throughout. So yeah, I guess he uh, probably just got hold of an instrumental version. Um, cause they were working together a little bit at that time, so you could easily have had that in a studio at some point. Well, actually, I don't. He didn't even have to really get an instrumental version because all it is, I mean, all he did was loop the outro and like the beginning, like drum roll. He didn't even. You could have. He could have ripped that just having the song itself. He could have just took yeah, out. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he, but that, I love that track. My wife loves that track in particular. And I I think it's like, I love the way Lupe, he gets, Lupe gets real specific in that. Talks about Mm -hmm. his pet name, you know, his, his parents name or whatever. And, uh, the passwords and all that. He's just, that dude's a genius too. Shoot. I could do a whole podcast talking about Lupe Fiasco. (laughs) Lupe, I need to get back into, I've not, uh. I've not followed him the last few years. He got he he went a bit south. I was say weird. Uh, yeah, south yeah. maybe the right word. And <laughs> yeah. a bit yeah, overly kind of political and just meh. I just kind of went off a lot of it. Um, yeah. But a lot of his early stuff, I I do still listen to. I have to say. Right. All right. So let's move on from maybe, and um, we can discuss the summer of fun that we're we're both having. Mm-hmm. And I guess. I guess myself in particular, uh, seeing as I've had quite a lot of comments and questions recently uh, about what I've been up to. Um, And most of this kind of pertains to the interview with Shay. Uh, So if you haven't listened to previous episodes of the podcast, uh, go back and check that out. Um, If you're a fan, you'll know that Shay doesn't really do much or any press, really. Uh, And somehow for some weird reason he decided to sit down and talk to me for far too long um so there was that and then and also actually just randomly getting to hang out with NERD which was a crazy a shock and a surprise to me so um I will I'll, I'll try and give the the brief version of of kind of how this came about because I think most people just kind of want to know how we sort of made this happen and stuff um but as with any of this stuff, this has kind of been, or it had been in the works for maybe a year or something. Um, when I first started planning this podcast, in fact, and first started having conversations with David and stuff, like maybe nearly a year ago, um, I reached out to certain people in Pharrell's team and you know, said we're doing this podcast and made sure we weren't stepping on any toes and that they were cool with everything and they said they were. Um, and also mentioned, you know, if we can ever get any of the guys on the podcast, that would be 
That would be great. Obviously right. not imagining that would ever kind of happen. Um, so then progress on to this year when the new album comes out and I'm speaking to Brent and Brent thinks they're probably going to go on tour in the summer and do the festivals. So we're kind of going backwards and forwards about whether they're going to come here and the dates and all this kind of stuff. And they end up getting announced here. The band gets confirmed. Um, Brent very kindly uh, sorts myself and uh, my girlfriend and my son out some some passes to get there because the tickets were sold out by then. Um, and I went back to uh, Pharrell's team actually and just said, "As you're over here and we're coming to the festival, uh, could we could we get five minutes of of Pharrell's time?" Um, now they came back and obviously they were. Unfortunately, he's a very, very busy man. They, you know, at that period, I think they had a, a gig in another country the day before. They were then all then, uh, they were then flying to London to record, and then they had another show in Barcelona. Um, so they were like, "Yeah, unfortunately, we can't this time." But, but we can reach out to Chad and Shay's team and see if they could do something. Um, so while I thought that was really helpful and a really nice gesture. I thought eh, it's also a bit of a waste of time because those guys don't really do any press. Uh, when they do it, it's normally to the bigger, more well-known publications, you know, solely for kind of promotional purposes for the album, for the tour and stuff. Um, so imagine my surprise when 30 minutes later I get an email back saying Shay has agreed to to come and talk. Um, there were certain conditions involved, nothing um, too special, um, but there, there were a few bits and pieces we had to kind of sort out um, and just kind of align on. Um, so come the time of the festival, uh, we travelled up to, to Turku, um, I had a meeting room in a hotel where the band actually were. I panicked. <laughs> because I genuinely, up until the moment my Skype rang, I genuinely thought Shay is never going to do this. Like no matter what they've said, like right. it, it just isn't going to happen. Something will go wrong or something will come up or whatever. So I, I was still fairly surprised when he called. Um, we had agreed a time period that the interview would last. It wasn't a very long time period. Um, but Shay did most of the talking as people will probably hear from the interview and I just sat there and listened and stared at my screen in awe. Um, but, but we went like, I think altogether, we went like four times longer than we should have gone. Um, and I had to end it just so I didn't get get in trouble. And right. I didn't like, you know, I didn't have his team being annoyed at me or anyone else annoyed at me. Um, but I think Shay could stay in those good graces. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> Shay was like more than happy to talk. Um, he, I think he probably, despite being exhausted, I think he could have kind of continued. Um, but I kind of had to wrap it up just to, just to make sure like I didn't piss anybody off basically. Um, but as kind of part of that conversation, um, this is another sort of really big surprise to me. Um, I said to Shay, look, we're in, we're in the same hotel. Can I, can I ask a small favor? And he was like, ask anything. Yeah, go for it. I said, can I just get a, a quick picture with you? Um, just you know for the podcast and stuff he was like of, of course you can yeah like not a problem 
so I said, when are you free? Like, can I come up now or should we arrange a time for later or whatever? And he was like, well, I'll see you at the show, won't I? And I was like, well, I don't know. I've only got <laughs> VIP. I've only got VIP passes. So that just gets me into like the VIP area at the front of the stage, basically. Yeah. Um, so I said, I can speak to Brent, you know, again, shout out Brent for getting these passes. And I was due to meet Brent at some point anyway. Um, so I said, oh, I can speak to Brent. Brent can maybe give you a shout. We can arrange something. Um, and Shay was like, no, we're not, we're not doing any of that. Um, we'll get your passes upgraded. I'll speak to who I need to speak to. Somebody will contact you in 10 minutes. So dope. And, and, we, and we will get you access all areas passes. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Again, thinking like, will this really happen? Will it not? Meh. We wrap things up. 10 minutes later, I get a message from one of Pharrell's team um, saying, Shay has requested this. Um, we need to sort this out with you. We'll give you a call. And and I would have these guys died. were going, yeah, these guys were going out of their way. So the conversation I had um, with the person arranging this, they said, you know, where are you? When are you going to the festival? Um, all of this kind of stuff. We went through our timetables and their suggestion was we will get one of Pharrell's security team to go over to the festival site, which is, I don't know, maybe a 20, 30 minute drive away, get the passes for you, bring them back into the city, uh, meet you at a hotel. You can kind of get them all sorted out. And again, I was like, no, 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 nobody needs to go out of their way for me. I will take care of what I need to take care of and I'll just get there and get them sorted. So... We did all that. We did all the, 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 the I can't speak now. The logistics. We got mm-hmm. to the site, and this is where things got really, really, really strange. Um, we get there again. People think we. Uh, people have been told we were coming, and someone was meeting us, and we basically got um, escorted through the whole of the backstage of the festival. I think they thought we were with the band in some capacity. Um, obviously not at all. Right. Uh, we, we, got, we got really looked after because they thought we were important. Um, we got taken to the kind of catering tent next to the whole NERD section, which was all barriered off so no one could really get in there. Um, I was milling around, about to message Brent actually, uh, and he kind of comes over behind me and we you know greet each other and we say hello and we catch up. Um and then Brent says, oh, I'll, let's go through to our dressing room area. I'll introduce you to some of the band and some of the dancers and stuff. And I thought, oh, shit, this is, a, right. <laughs> this is, an, this is an added bonus. This is, this is great. Like, I'd love to meet the band and, you know, see these guys and some of the dancers. You know, like Meta was there and all of the other dancers. So I thought, this, this is brilliant. This is amazing. So we go through into the area and... We stood there talking to Brent and he's introducing me to the band. And my son grabs my arm and says, Daddy, Daddy, look, 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 Shay's over there. And I sort of turn around <laughs> and 20 yards, 30 yards behind me, Shay is stood there talking to somebody. And he's just kind of looking over at us and not in a good way. And I <laughs> oh, immediately dun, dun, dun. think, exactly, I think, oh shit, he, does, he is now not quite as exhausted and he's realized he doesn't like that interview or I've wasted his time or something. And I start to panic a little bit. And at that point, 
Shay kind of, I think, realizes it's me that he'd been speaking to earlier. And he just says, Penny, you guys, get over here. And I'm like, okay. So we kind of walk over. <laughs> I get there. He just goes in for a hug. And he's just so, so nice. That's so um, dope. And he's holding a piece of paper as well. And I sort of look down and my son had drawn them all pictures and we'd left them at the hotel for them. And he's actually got the picture my son had drawn for him. And he's going around the backstage area showing people the picture that my son had done for him. So which was really sweet. And then he takes the time to like chat to my son. Um, he does all the pictures and stuff. And then again, as we stood there, my son, we're chatting to Shay and to Brent. And my son goes, Daddy, Daddy, look, look, Pharrell's over there. And I'm like, what? And I look over and there's like Pharrell's dressing room. I hadn't realised we stood in the middle of all of their dressing rooms. Yeah. Um, so I was just kind of so, my head was all over the place. And you can see Pharrell in his little dressing room kind of pacing backwards and forwards on, on the phone to somebody. Um, and he kind of comes to the door and Shay just looks at him and goes, P, get over here now. And Pharrell comes out and and I'm just like, oh, okay, what's what's going on here? Oh, this is a bit weird. And Shay like introduces us and says, This is Steve. He's uh he he's got a podcast about us and I did an interview with him earlier. Oh and, my god. Um and I'm just like, Oh my god, this guy is like selling me to He's to big in it up, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is amazing. And Again, I got this initial kind of weird vibe. Pharrell, he did not say a word. He just stood there and looked. And I thought, oh, crap. He doesn't want us kind of fans in and around here. This it's is their right, private space. Right. right next to us was a table. You know, uh, His wife, Helen, was there. All of his right. team were there having some food and stuff. And I thought, oh, no, he, he doesn't want us here. This is like this is going to be a bit awkward. And then Shay says to him, look, uh, his son Pessy has drawn us his picture. And Pharrell picks the picture up and Pharrell is on the picture as well that's been drawn. And he's like, this is amazing. This is so cool. And he bends down to my son. He says thank you to him. He gives him a hug, uh, shakes his hand. And then he kind of gets up and sort of looks at me and I kind of shake his hand. And I'm like, you know, thank you so much for, you know, letting us in here and stuff. Um... And I, I kind of I start rambling a bit. It, it's all a bit of a fuzzy memory. But at one point, I, he starts talking back to me and he says something along the lines of, um, uh, I really want to thank you for, for doing this podcast that you do, for sharing our message and uh, for being a fan for all these years. And you, know, we, you don't know how we appreciate you and stuff. Man. And at this point, I'm like, oh god, I'm I'm freaking out. Oh god, and I I just get a hold I go of yourself, back Penny. Get a hold of I know. yourself. <laughs> it, it, I didn't, and I couldn't, and I go back at him, and I'm like, no, no, it's 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 an honor. Um, you know, everything you, you your music has meant like so much to me in my life. It means so much to my son and my family. And at that point, I can hear my own voice kind of breaking a little bit mm -hmm. and i'm like oh shit i think i'm choking up here this is getting a bit like hey man it's real bro a, yeah it's real but it's, it's getting a bit strange i'm like i don't want to like start choking up in front of him because he's gonna think who is this weirdo no man so i got i kind of like pull it together and i'm kind of looking at my girlfriend who's next to me and i'm like i think she said afterwards like when you looked over your eyes were like saucers or something because <laughs> i was just, you know they're wide-eyed mouth open just like uh and yeah, and, and Pharrell just, 
you know, he, he gives me, he shakes my hand, gives me a hug. You know, he says, thank you again. And, uh, and he's like, I'm really sorry. I've got like another phone call I've got to be on. And yeah, he goes off to do that. Um, and I'm just stood there like, what, what's going on? As he's talking to us as well, I notice, um, or as he's talking to my son more so than me, uh, uh, Helen, his wife, is behind him taking pictures of him talking to us as well. So again, it's, it's another slightly weird feeling to know that they have pictures of uh, us right yeah yeah and which i'm sure they do on all, you know all the stops of the tour and when they interact with different people and stuff sure it's just weird personal and, memories because those things aren't even going to be like on any social maybe probably not exactly yeah except for the picture um, shout out to pessy for making it to the freaking nerd instagram yeah <laughs> exactly and then you know those guys they um i think it was more alex than anyone else i think um yeah, shared Pessy's picture on their Instagram, which, and I think they shared my name as well, or the podcast name or they something. Did, so, that's big. so yeah, things that's things big. bumped up a little bit there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then as we were kind of milling around and I was trying to pull myself together, uh, Mike Larson comes out. So people that follow will know Mike is one of Pharrell's engineers. Mm-hmm. We have a quick chat. He gives me his email. Uh, Brent convinces him to come on the podcast. Uh, right. So we're. We're emailing at the moment to try and get that scheduled. Um, we then, we're then, oh God, we need to go and like watch the show. We need to go find a spot. So we wander off around the back of the stage. We get to the back of the stage. Um, Brent is there. He stood there with Chad and Meta and the dancers. And my again, my son is like, I don't even notice because I'm in another world. My son is like, Daddy, Daddy, there's Brent and there's Chad's there as well. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I can't take any more of this, man. <laughs> yeah, so we, I kind of think, play it cool, play it cool. And I'm like, hey, Brent. And I walk over to speak to Brent. And then Brent's just like, oh, you, have, you, you haven't met Chad, have you? You haven't spoke to Chad. Chad, get over here. And Chad comes over. <laughs> I like, love how Brent just is like, hey, get over here. I mean, they have yeah, known yeah. each other forever, so... Exactly, yeah, they're all really close and really tight. But yeah, he's just like, come over, meet these guys, and introduces us, and uh, Chad being Chad, he's right. just, he doesn't really say much. He shakes my hand, and I'm like, oh, it's, it's a real honour to meet you, and he's just like, oh, yeah, thank you so much. And then he says hello to my son, and he does some weird handshake with my son, <laughs> and even my son was just like, what's going on? What is this? What's... He just freaks everybody out. In the best uh, way. <laughs> in the best way, yeah, in a really good way, in a funny way. Um, and he's there, like, and you see him on this tour. He comes out a lot with the with the dancers, with Meta, and, and all those guys, and does some like funny dance moves. He's doing that backstage as well. They're all there, <laughs> running up and down the steps, warming up, doing exercises, and Chad is there doing it with them as well. Classic. He's just really, he's really funny. He came across as really down to earth as well, super friendly. Um, so yeah, and then we we kind of went round to the front. We stood at the front of the stage, you know, in front of all the crowd with all the other artists. Um, Pharrell came over to our side of the stage. My son waved at him. Um, he gave my son a a little wave and a salute back, which mm-hmm. kind of made my son's day as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, just amazing. Now, as you can imagine, with artists that big, as we went around the back of the stage afterwards when it was finished. Um, They've got the the kind of SUVs just lined yeah, up. They literally yeah. come off the stage into the car. There's a police escort there as well, and they're gone basically. Um, Big Ben was there 
who I hadn't hey, seen previously. Shout out to Big I, Ben. Shout out Big Ben. I was desperate to try and get a photo with him, actually. He don't um, probably do photos. I, <laughs> I know. I even said to my girlfriend, I said, oh, shit, Big Ben's over there. And she's like, what, what is a Big Ben? What? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think she thought I was going mad. Um, and I was like, no, no, Big Ben over there, like Frail's security guy. And he was just stood there like mean mugging everyone. Everybody. People were still trying to grab little autographs and stuff as he was getting in the car. And I was like, oh, God, do I, do I shout out to Ben? Do I go over? Um, and kind of as I was debating what to do, he actually got in the car with Pharrell and they all just they all just left, basically. So I missed the opportunity that day. But, um, but yeah. Ah, what a freaking... What an experience, man. It was... Um, surreal to to say yeah. the least yes. yeah and even talking about it now i'm just like oh my god you know yeah um, so yeah i have to say like I, I think i said this in my post and stuff and i may have said it on the the interview uh podcast as well but i gotta say a big shout out to like all of the team that work with pharrell and nerd Corey and alex um and to all the guys we met the band the dancers mike um Everyone that was there that was, everyone was just surprisingly overly friendly. Everyone was, you know, these guys are touring musicians and superstars and Grammy Award winners and whatever they all are. And every one of them was just like, it's so nice to meet you. Handshakes, hugs, chatting to my son, asking him his name and asking him stuff and just overly, overly nice. So, um, yeah, just a massive shout out to all those that uh, helped actually make it possible, I guess. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, I, you know, was telling people, close friends of mine who, you know, are also fans who follow myself, yourself, um, David, and whoever else is on, you know, Instagram who's really about, uh, you know, for lack of a better word about that life. (laughs) And, um, it's just, you know, you thank all of them. You know, you thank Brent and everybody who helps you get to, you know, experience something like that. But all of us, man, all of us, all of us normies, quote unquote normies, you know, we thank you, man. We thank you. We thank David. You know, we, we really, the whole idea that there even is a podcast out here, that is, you know, a local, th- I mean, not a local thing, but, you know, just a, something that we decided to start doing. Um, and it's, you know, something other than other tone, you know, like mm-hmm. on a lower scale that more people can interact with and, and just kind of uh, immerse themselves in and be a part of and actually be a part of talk to the people who are putting it together, um, have input, you know, be involved. I mean, it's just it's keeping the love for this culture that is turning into just on the surface, turning into a big hype beast dick measuring contest. And it's, uh, it's kind of sad, but to know that we have things like this, like this podcast, um, that are really for the fans and nobody else. It's just exactly good to know that. That's what it's all about. It's all for the fans and, and you know, Shay was very appreciative of it. You know, he he thanked myself and thanked every you know all of the people listening and stuff, and as did Pharrell as well. Um, and I have to also say a shout out to you because when I 
got that interview booked, I think you were the second person maybe I messaged and was just like, I've got this, uh, <laughs> give, so give me your ideas for questions or something, yeah. you know. And you, you sent me back a bunch of stuff to potentially ask and yeah. I think that tied in with a lot of stuff I was going to ask anyway. Um, so, yeah, th- there's a portion of that input for that interview that actually came from yourself as well. So shout out to you. And guys, whoever's, whoever's listening to this right now, man, like, I don't think you guys understand. First of all, if you haven't listened to this interview, unfollow Star Trek World, unfollow Stephen Penny, unfollow other because you're asleep. This interview was posted, what, like a couple weeks ago, would you say? Yeah, a few weeks ago now, I think, yeah. You guys need to listen to this interview. It's special, man, because like, like he said, like he said earlier, he doesn't do interviews like... So this is this is truly special, and if you have not tuned in already, you're asleep, and you got to wake up because it, it's it's cool, it's dope, and uh, and it's 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 great. And Steve did it, man, he did it. I think someone posted something on your. It might have been David who posted some like he made it or he did it or something yeah, like that. I think that was <laughs> Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like. But that's that's what this podcast has been about. It's been about like us fans getting to to talk each week or each you know couple of weeks and just again no well there is a pun intended because i'm saying it before i say the word but you know to nerd out and right. to chat about this stuff that we don't necessarily you know i know i don't get to chat about this stuff with any kind of friends or family here in finland mm-hmm. um so it's great to be able to kind of interact with those people that we only see you sort of via social media each day right, right. um and and yeah, yeah, the goal was eventually to try and get some of these guys that we nerd out about to actually come and talk to us and mm-hmm. tell us how they do stuff, why they do stuff, um, what their and processes are. It didn't take are that long. I mean, whatever it may be. Yeah, you started um, the pod. We started. You started this like not even a year ago, right? Yeah, yeah way less than you go. And again, a, a massive thanks goes to Brent because I interviewed Brent originally like two or three years ago. Uh, for another website I had. Uh, so if you go to superhelsinki.com, I think you can find the original interview with Brent um, there. It's good stuff. Um, and we kept in touch, you know, throughout yeah. the years. He's absolutely lovely, top guy. Um, and he made a lot of this kind of happen over the summer. Um, you know, he got us to the festival uh, initially. Um, you know, obviously he's done another interview for this podcast. Mm-hmm. When the new album came out, you know, he was like, call me, we need to talk about it. Wouldn't That's so feelings. Um, Yeah, and these are the guys that I look up to, that we look up to. Yeah. Um, and it it's great to know that all of our comments and our feedback and thoughts and th- feelings about their work isn't just going into, <laughs> right. you know, in, into space or yeah. into the, the dark, deep hole that is social media. They are listening to this stuff and they do really appreciate it yeah because that's you know that's the thing about you know being fans of anybody for that matter um with social media it's become so easy to try and make contact with a celebrity but the problem is is billions of people are on these socials so it's like even though it is easier it's harder at the same time and uh exactly but, but so i think just, you're re- shouting out into the ether aren't you right no you are but i think like you said real fan people people can sense real 
you know, now you know that saying real recognize real. So it's like they when when you're a real fan of anybody, I mean, people are gonna notice the authenticity. They're gonna know that you're not just you know out here trying to get a photo or or a autograph so you can resell it and make money. Like they know, you can tell. So you know, I, I was, I mean, when I went to see NERD and I was pulled on stage, like I was the I was the first person that P picked out of all of the like he invited like maybe five other people to the stage. And like I all the other people that he invited on stage went to the back. They were like clamoring with like fear and super scared. I was like, what? I'm like, I'm never going to get this opportunity again. So, I mean, I, I, I have I mentioned it all the time only because it was like the best day of my life. Like, I don't think I'll ever. Mm-hmm. That was the best day of my life. And like, and I got to say as well on this tour as well. I think they've been very um, super inclusive. I, I guess accessible is maybe the word, or more yeah. accessible than maybe they have been previously. Because I know there's actually quite a lot of listeners to the podcast that have actually got to see them, yeah. speak to them, interact with them this summer. Um, I'm trying to think of names now, and I'm going blank. I know like Raphael, who I'll be seeing actually in Spain in a couple of weeks. He was up on stage with them in Barcelona. He messaged me afterwards, literally this string of like 20 messages when he was so excited. <laughs> so and then dull. sending me the pictures, the videos. Um, you know, and that's like, that was a, a lifelong dream for him. And, and I know uh, Heiser was up on stage kind of earlier in the year or something. Uh, some other people met them in, uh, in London after the Love Box show or before the Love Box show a couple of weeks back as well. Yeah. Um, so it's really good that they're being this kind of accessible and that us kind of real fans are actually getting to to meet them, not just yep. the kind of groupy kind of wanna wanna right. be hangers honors, you know. Well, I mean, it's like I guess if I went to a because I told myself like I I'm not I mean I'm I've seen the live show now multiple times via the internet and or you know just just through whatever and I if. If I went to a live show, that would be the exchange. The exchange would be being able to be on stage, hopefully, um, because this, as far as the set list goes, I mean, okay, like it's cool, but I'd rather see them in a intimate setting, you know, or, or yeah. you know, get their you know their songs that I, you know, haven't heard performed live in in years. Um, and just on just on that note, just very quickly, sorry to jump. No, in. you're good. No, because somebody somebody did ask me for the set list. So hold on one second. Well, I have. So Brent actually gave me some of their their paperwork and stuff here. Exclusive. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I have the set list here, which I probably will get framed or something at some point, along with some of these pictures. But someone did specifically ask me what the, the set list is at the moment. Um, so really, really quickly, they come out to Antimatter, Killjoy, Deep Down Body first. Then there's uh, a bit of a medley, which on that night. And I think it's this pretty much the same on all the shows. It's stir fry grinding, Pascal Vosier, drop it like it's hot. Neon guts, neon guts sounded brilliant. Actually, hearing that over a system, I'd never heard it on a oh big stage God, like that. So good, um, so good. And then uh, all right, Kendrick Lamar, again, it sounded brilliant. Then it goes into Spaz, Rolling Them Sevens, One Thousand, Kites, Everyone Knows, bit more of a medley. So you got uh, Finna, Hollaback Girl, Hot in Here, Blurred Lines, Get Lucky. That only goes on for a couple of minutes. Good. And then it's, she wants to move, <laughs> which has, yeah, good, yeah. Uh, 
she wants to move, which ties in. They do the Seven Nation Army, um, yeah, yeah, kind of remix version they do where they play that. Then it just goes into yeah, like Rockstar. There's a gap where they get a couple of people on stage. I think they only got one person on stage uh, at this show, who was a guy right at the front, uh, and then lap dance, and then it finishes on Lemon, which I think they did twice or maybe even three times in fact. But Lemon's just kind of lap dance is the last big one. Lemon. They do it big at first and then they just kind of step back and let Meta and the dancers and stuff kind of take center stage for that. Yeah. So it's not a bad set list, but it is a very... Um, Service it is a fe- It's a festival set list. Yeah, put it that of course. Way. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I get I get in my feelings like about it. No Drake, no Drake reference there. Just I get in, get in my feelings about it because... You know, I'm selfish with that type of thing, but it makes sense. I mean, it, the, the set list makes sense. Can you imagine them sitting down and doing Wonderful World like at a festival? Like people exactly, be like, yeah. "No, like I don't want no energy." <laughs> so, but, I mean, that, I get but it. that's the thing. I think they've learned because they, they many years ago they were doing they were festivals. Yep. They were doing the live show stuff on festival stages and. It's not that it didn't work, but you go to certain audiences in certain places. Yeah. And Finland's one of those countries where the people are just quite reserved anyway. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get everybody jumping up and down, even to the big songs. So when you get into the slower stuff, you're just not getting anything back, no matter how much people actually enjoy it or like the song. So yeah, so yeah these are all songs where they just keep the energy up. They keep it ticking over. Um, they're all good songs, but yeah... Um, I think if you went to see them live in a more kind of intimate setting, um, you would get a very, very, very different set list. Take my money. I don't think it's yes. going to happen, but take my money. I'm, I'm ready. I've heard some rumors. I'm, I won't say more than that at the moment, but I've heard some rumors. So there we go. And if I hear any more, it's crazy though, because like, I remember I posted on my Instagram, um, about uh, Star Trek World Instagram, but like I posted on there um, a clip of Pharrell taking questions from I forgot what it was for, but uh, someone asked, "Are you going to be doing a tour after you do all the festival runs?" And he was like, "Yes." And I will never let that. I I will never let that clip down. Like I will, I will always rewatch that clip. Like it's okay. He might come to Detroit. He might come to Detroit. If he comes yeah. anywhere near Detroit, I'm there. It's not even a question. So. Yeah, I think the the problem you have at this stage is just the you've got three very different people that yeah. that front that group. Um, one of them stays out of the spotlight completely. Yeah. Uh, the other one is very much a family man. The third, who is you know, who is Pharrell, has probably fifty odd projects going on at any one yeah. time. It's just I even know that this festival tour, there were, let's say, some issues in it. But I think maybe nearly didn't happen at mm-hmm. one point. Um, a lot of stuff was changed and switched, and a lot of it was kind of quite last minute. Yeah, um, and I know even when they. F- even when they did the very first show, the Complex Con show, uh, show where they kind of premiered the album, yeah. that was meant to be completely different. That was not meant to be anything like it was. 
Um, yeah. But just because of logistics and the way things work, and we had to just switch it all up, and it was all very, very last minute. Although it kind of worked, but um, yeah. there's so many moving parts with this kind of stuff. And even when you think like, oh yeah, small like US tour, like that, that can't be that, you know, demanding or that right. big of a thing to to do. It's the logistics involved with a a band like that and yeah, flying everything that goes on around them. Yeah, like, yeah. There's a there's a huge amount that goes into it. Um, but yeah, I've heard positive things from people so far in terms of another tour, but yeah, we'll see. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Time will tell. Yes. All right. Well, we are, well, we've gone over an hour. In fact, um, <laughs> I've ram- rambled for quite some time. Um, so I guess we should probably wrap it up there. Absolutely. Um, so where can people find yourselves online if they want to come and follow you and see all things Star Trek related? Well, you heard it uh, in the beginning, in the middle, and now I'm going to cap it off with Star Trek World. No funny spelling, just straight up Star Trek World. You will notice if you, if you find the right one, you'll notice it is a globe with the Star Trek symbol in the middle. And you have found the right one. That's it. I'll put a link in the show notes as well so people can listen to the podcast, click click the link and go straight there and find you as well. But yes, if you are a fan, then you should obviously be following Star Trek World on Instagram. That goes without saying. Um, as for this podcast, you can go to at others podcast uh, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. You can get all of the information about the podcast and previous episodes and whatever else you may need uh, from the website, which is theothers.net. That's obviously others with a Z. We do have that weird spelling. That's what the cool kids do. And you can find me at Steve R. Penny on Instagram. Um, if you want to support the podcast, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash others, others with a Z. Uh, and it also has all of our links and information and bits and pieces there. But I guess that's it for now. So we will say bye-bye and we'll speak to you next time, everyone. Bye-bye. Peace.